Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I'll get back to the Supreme Court stuff uh, in a moment. I've got a couple other stories, though, that I uh, think you need to know about. It's getting drowned out, I think, by a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, Supreme Court rulings. Washington Examiner with the story that the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic said that it found evidence that Dr. David Morens, more, sorry, Morens, more, that's, there's an E there. It's not more, yeah, Morens, okay. Well, he has one N in his name, so he apparently needs more N's in his name. Sorry. Anyway, Dr. David Morons, uh, Morens, a key subordinate of COVID-19 pandemic response leader, Dr. Anthony the Science Fauci, used a personal email address and intentionally deleted federal records to hamper investigation into the origin of SARS-CoV-2. You don't say. Moron, uh, Morens has been a senior advisor to the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institutes of Health. <sighs> and a bunch of other positions. But he's been there since 98. An email from Morins in September 21 reveals him telling colleagues to use his Gmail address because his NIH address is constantly subjected to Freedom of Information Act requests. He did not have nice words to say about the people that were hitting him with the FOIA requests about COVID and uh, the, uh, the lab leak theory. He called them some names in some internal emails, and he says, don't you send anything to the NIH address. I will delete it. I will delete anything that I don't want to see in the New York Times, which, look, I understand that's a good... That's a good that's a good rule to have if you're engaging in some nefarious activities and such and you don't want uh, anybody to find out about it through legal channels. Then, yes, that makes sense that you would use a private server oh, or a private email address that that too. Another email obtained by the subcommittee from July of 21 indicates Morenz's hesitancy to publicly address the origins of COVID-19, despite the fact that Fauci, whom Morenz referred to as Tony, instructed him to speak on the record to National Geographic about SARS-CoV-2. Oh, by the way, did you see the story? National Geographic just laid off its last writer? Yeah. Who owns that now? Is that Disney? Didn't Disney buy them? Some, some bang-up work there, Disney. I mean, I could make a comment here about how nobody needs to read National Geographic any longer because of all the porn on the Internet that's available more readily. Right? I mean, there's some truth to that. Come on. Right? Okay. Um, he said, so, all right, so this other email, in July, he's hesitant when Tony, the science, 
when the science tells Moron, hey, go talk to the media, talk to National Geographic, he's like, uh, I don't want to. And he said, I interpret this to mean that our government is lightening up, but that Tony doesn't want his fingerprints on origin stories. So there's two parts here. And this is admittedly his interpretation. He's talking to somebody else about how the science told him to go do this interview, and he's trying to figure out why the science would tell him to do that. So it's, it's his interpretation. But he chalks it up to two things, right? One is the government lightening up. What does that mean? The government is lightening up. Well, I would assume that that means what the words mean, right? I would assume that he's talking about the government did not want to be discussing origins of COVID, right? In 21, do not discuss the Wuhan lab or lab leak theory, whatever. Don't don't engage in these discussions. But now maybe they are changing course. Now the government is lightening up. They're not being so strict. And then here's the second part, which is the science. Fauci doesn't want his fingerprints on origin stories. All right. So if the government is lightening up about discussing this, Tony doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He doesn't want his fingerprints on the stories. So I don't know if this National Geographic story, or uh, rather the uh, uh, the interview, I didn't know if that was going to be like done by a friendly, was the story going to be sympathetic to them? Was it going to be challenging to them? I don't know. Three different instances. He attempts to discredit other scientists who are questioning the narrative on the origins and treatment of COVID. And he even said, I'm not ruling out suing these bleeps for slander. So the uh, House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic is now asking for more. Quote, Dr. Moran's troubling email, uh, sorry, Moran's, Dr. Moran's troubling emails beg serious questions about his scientific objectivity as a NIAID official, his intentional suppression of differing opinions by encouraging wrongful litigation and government's Uh, government bureaucrats' influence over the public narrative of COVID-19 origins. Public health officials are not above the law, especially in times of crisis. And so they would very much like to see all your emails regarding COVID. Thanks so much. Oh, no, no. Not from the NIH email address. No, no. We want them from the Gmail. What were you saying when you thought you were in private? Mm Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, you remember that story a while ago about the defector from China? Dong. Remember that guy? Dong Jingwei? No. He was like a high-ranking counterintelligence official with the CCP, the commies. It was two years ago. Red State broke the story of the defection of Dong to the United States. 
the terabytes of data that Dong, the high, uh, the highest ranking Chinese defector ever, the terabytes, plural, of data. By, by the way, like a terabyte? I've got a terabyte. I got two of them, actually. And every single document, every single photo, every single podcast I recorded, every single movie, every single everything is on my terabyte and backed up, right? Everything. And it's using, oh, and, and this goes back until 2018, I want to say, or 2019. So about five years worth of every single thing that I have created. And I use about 1% of the terabyte. And this guy's got multiple terabytes of data. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Dong brought a lot. Uh, anyway, he is um, the highest ranking defector from China ever. And he brought with him uh, to the United States stuff that included information and data showing that SARS-CoV-2 was man-made and leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, in addition to evidence confirming that the People's Liberation Army managed the Wuhan bioweapons program and others, while it was essentially ignored by the mainstream media and the uh, and dismissed by the professional former spy crowd, it was a huge story. So huge that Red State, the website, got hit with a DDoS attack, denial of service attack, shut down their website just hours after it was published. They got targeted for takedown when they published it, which I'm sure would happen if the information was false. Over the next few weeks, Red State published a series of articles outlining some of the specific information and evidence Dong brought to the U.S. and the corroboration that had occurred up to that point. There were denials of the defection by Beijing, but commies lie, and a few articles mentioning it, mostly in international outlets, but the small amount of related coverage in U.S. media generally did not directly mention Dong. Red State can now confirm Dong is in DIA protection program. And he's talking. Oh, this is so good. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Um, sorry, I'm getting, there's apparently, a, a, I think some, I think a tweet of mine might have gotten a lot of traction because I'm now roped into multiple conversations. Oh, it was, okay, it came off of a Ben Shapiro tweet. Okay. Um, sorry. So like, I'm trying to see if there's anybody that had a comment about the stuff that we've been discussing and I'm just lost in these different uh, conversations. I'll have to mute some of them, um, in a moment. First, Hey. WBT's News and Brews. It's going to be Wednesday, July 26th from 7 until 9 p.m. It's at Heist Brewery and Barrel Arts. We discuss the news of the day. Uh, we take questions. 
We mix and mingle. Uh, your ticket includes food. It includes a commemorative WBT pint glass. And, uh, you know, it includes a great night of conversation. If I have anything to say about it, which I do, WBT's News and Brews presented by Dry Otter Waterproofing. Again, July 26th at 7 o'clock. Seats are limited, so go to WBT.com and get your tickets and information as well. So redstate.com, they broke the story two years ago about this defector, this top man, top, top man, from, uh, from the Communist Chinese Party. He's the counterintelligence official. He, uh, he fled China with terabytes of data. And when they published their story, series of articles actually, uh, uh, it, it turned into, of, of this evidence that Dong Jingwei brought, it prompted an, a, a cyber attack on their website to try to shut them down. And what did this, what did this claim? It was that, or the information they said, shows that SARS-CoV-2 was man-made and leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and it confirmed that the PLA, the Army, managed the Wuhan bioweapons program at the site. What else? Red State can now confirm that Dong has been in a Defense Intelligence Agency protection program since his defection. A DIA source close to the investigation, speaking on condition of anonymity, provided this update, quote, as of June 23, uh, sorry, as of June 2023, Dong Jingwei is participating in one of DIA's protection programs. He has voluntarily participated in debriefing meetings since his arrival and continues to do so. They anticipate the debriefings will likely last for years. Man, China's got to be mad. Nothing makes me happier than a mad commie. Anyway, sources told Red State that the FBI, the State Department, and the CIA were intentionally kept in the dark about the fact that the defector was working with the DIA. And that, that's kind of scary to me. The Chinese guy, top counterintelligence guy, he's like, "Mm -mm, I'm not talking with the CIA, and I'm not talking with the FBI, and I'm not talking with the State Department. Not happening. He knew who to go to for protection, right? He knew where to go to get the information to the U.S. government without somebody else inside the system doing something to it or to him. He wanted nothing to do with the CIA or apparently, especially the FBI. Hmm, I wonder why. Do you think this guy might know, might have some clarity on the, the, the reach and the depth of the, the Chinese tentacles into our agencies and our government? I think he might. In June of 2021, the most explosive information that Dong brought with him related to SARS-CoV-2 being man-made, having leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, right, and then the connection with the Army. While those assertions were extremely controversial at the time, numerous agencies within the U.S. government now believe that it's much more likely than not that COVID-19 was created in a lab and that the pandemic originated at the WIV. And at least two State Department cables referenced Chinese military work at the WIV. I went over that last week. 
Dong provided data and documentation on many other topics, such as early pathogenic studies of the virus that we now know as SARS-CoV-2, models of predicted COVID-19 spread and damage to the U.S. and the world. Oh, they ran models, huh? Of how it would, they predicted how it would go. Oh, that's interesting. Financial records detailing which exact organizations and governments funded the research on SARS-CoV-2 and other biological warfare research. If I'm going down, you're all going down. Names of U.S. citizens who provide intel to China. Does Joe Biden count on that? No, I'm kidding. It would be Trump with some of those battle plans at his golf course. <laughs> I kid. He was, he was better on. Um, no, we don't even know that now. All right. So uh, financial records showing U.S. businessmen and public officials who have received money from the Chinese government. Well, okay, that is Joe Biden, right? Um, details of meetings U.S. government officials perhaps unwittingly had with Chinese spies. Oh, that's Eric Swalwell, as well as members of Russia's SVR. And how the Chinese government gained access to a CIA communication system, which led to the death of dozens of Chinese people who were working with the CIA. Do you remember that story? He's got a ton of info. Oh my gosh, mad commies make me so happy. All right, so Dong's defection, it's big. This is big. Especially significant. It's a really important defection by Dong. Because of his rank within the Communist Party and because of the type and quantity of information that he reportedly brought with him when he defected in the spring of 2021. Curiously, according to redstate.com, around... Curiously, around the time uh, that the news that Dong had defected, when news broke about Dong, um, Beijing recalled its ambassador to the U.S., a fellow by the name of Kui Tankei, and they replaced him with a confidant of Winnie the Pooh. So Piglet, I guess, the president of China, Xi Jinping, who looks like Winnie the Pooh, Guys, I'm so going to be assassinated. If China ever takes us over, like, I'm going to be up on the wall immediately for all of my Winnie the Pooh jokes. Because you know they, they, they're they capturing all of this on their with their spy balloons, right? So they sent this new guy. Um, What's his name here? Kin Gang. Oh, so they sent Gang. So they lost Dong, so they sent a gang to get him back, I guess? Anyway. He's the new ambassador. He was sent to the U.S. specifically to attempt to shut down any investigation into Dong. Any information that he had brought forward, uh, any investigation that came from that information, that's what Gang was here to do, was to shut it down. Since Dong was not interfacing with the normal players, the CIA, the FBI, the State Department, that plan seems to have been foiled. Because Dong knew what he was doing. Right? Dong was like, I'm going to DIA. I'm going to talk to the Defense Intelligence Agency. I'm not going to the FBI. Definitely not the FBI. Holy smokes, no. He knows how bad that place is. So he goes to DIA. So when China sends its gang over to try to shut down any kind of investigation, 
it doesn't work. Because Dong is in DIA protection. The Dong is being protected. Love to hear it. It's a great story. Um, not so great story, the great grift. Associated Press with a big story right before all of the Supreme Court cases came down, so it's been largely ignored. Much of the um, theft was brazen, even simple. Fraudsters used the social security numbers of dead people and federal prisoners to get unemployment checks. Cheaters collected these benefits in multiple states, and federal loan applicants were not cross-checked against a Treasury Department database that would have uh, raised red flags about sketchy borrowers. Criminals and gangs grabbed the money. But so did a U.S. soldier in Georgia, the pastors of a defunct church in Texas, a former state lawmaker in Missouri, and a roofing contractor in Montana. More than $200 billion may have been stolen from COVID relief initiatives. That's according to new estimates from a federal watchdog investigating federally funded programs designed to help small businesses survive the worst public health crisis in more than 100 years. $200 billion. Oh, and guess what? They don't even know if that's a real number. That's a guess. Could be more. Could be a lot more. It's the greatest grift in U.S. history. Thieves plundered billions of dollars in federal COVID-19 relief aid intended to combat uh, the worst pandemic. Well, in order to combat the government policies of shutting everything down, right? Try to stabilize the economy that was in free fall because of the government shutdowns to, you know, just two weeks to bend the curve. An Associated Press analysis found that fraudsters potentially stole more than $280 billion in COVID-19 relief funding. Another $123 billion was wasted or misspent. Man, the wasted number is lower than the fraud number. That's unusual. Combined, the loss represents 10% of the $4.2 trillion that the U.S. government has so far dispersed in COVID relief aid. 10%. For more than $400 billion. So, that, so out, of, out of every 10 bucks we threw out of the helicopter, one of it went, went to a criminal or was misspent. How could, that, how could so much been stolen? Investigators and outside experts say the government, in seeking to quickly spend trillions in relief aid, condu- uh, conducted too little oversight during the pandemic's early stages. I'm shocked at that. And it instituted too few restrictions on applicants. What do they think? This was like elections or something? Come on. In short, they say the grift was just too easy. Well, that is sort of the thing about the helicopter cash, right? When you're just opening the door over people's heads and you're just, just dumping wads of cash out the open door onto the streets, like, yeah, that you're going to get a lot of that money is going to get picked up by people that shouldn't be picking it up. The U.S. government has charged more than 2,200 defendants with pandemic-related fraud crimes and is conducting thousands of investigations, which I think are free. So, yeah. Well, there's, so there's another debit on the side of the ledger. Before leaving office, former President Donald Trump approved emergency aid measures totaling $3.2 trillion dollars. 
that according to figures from the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, or the PRAC, or as I call it, the PRAC. Biden's 2021 American Rescue Plan, the ARP, authorized spending another $1.9 trillion. So now we're up to $5.2 trillion. And by the way, about 20% of that hasn't even been paid out yet. There is an $837 billion IRS program, and it succeeded 99% of the time in getting economic stimulus checks to the proper taxpayers. But that 1% failure rate translated into $8 billion going to ineligible individuals. An IRS spokesman said the agency does not agree with all the figures cited by the uh, Treasury Department Inspector General. But it noted that even if it is correct, I mean, it's just a tiny fraction of the budget. <laughs> Eight billion. I mean, it's just like that's one percent. I mean, we got 99 percent right. It's like, yeah, but it's eight billion dollars, man. Small Business Administration. In the seven decades, 70 years before the pandemic, the SBA had been paying out disaster loans, right, for small businesses, Small Business Administration. They, for disaster loans, over 70 years, they had paid out a grand total of $67 billion. That's it. So uh, what is that? So, like, that's like a billion a year, roughly, on average. When the pandemic struck, they were, they were assigned to manage two massive relief efforts, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program and the Paycheck Protection Program. And for an agency that's doing about a billion a year in loans, they were now charged with managing a trillion (laughs) dollars. Yeah. Um, So what happens? You get the money out the door fast to as many people as possible uh, or as many businesses as possible. And in their haste, the guardrails to protect federal money were dropped. Prospective borrowers were allowed to uh, self-certify that their loan applications were true. Again, like, guys, what you need to go over and work for, like, boards of elections with this kind of fast and loose uh, rulemaking, you know? The CARES Act also barred the SBA from looking at tax return transcripts that could have weeded out shady or undeserving applicants, a decision that eventually was reversed at the end of 2020. They, they blinded themselves to potential fraud. It's just amazing. Oh, it, yeah, it... It gets more frustrating. You're gonna, this is going to make you mad. It, remember that guy, Michael Horowitz, the inspector general? He's, he's running point on this. And uh, there's actually a do not pay database. Guess what we didn't look at? Yeah, the do not pay database. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. So this is a big in-depth story by the Associated Press the other day 
Uh, and it comes from an inspector general report that took a look at how all of the money from the COVID relief was being spent and how much of it went to waste, fraud and abuse. And it's about one out of every $10 stolen or wasted. So SBA, the Small Business Administration, Inspector General Hannibal Mike Ware, his, real, his first name really is Hannibal, his nickname is Mike, he said he and his staff are overwhelmed with pandemic-related audits and investigations. The office has a backlog of more than 80,000 actionable leads. 80,000 leads. That is about, if they did it, if they were able to get to all of the cases, it would take them 100 years. Guys, I don't, I don't think we're going to get the money back. Inspector General Horowitz, the pandemic watchdog chairman, criticized the government's failure early on to use what's called a do-not-pay database. The Treasury Department keeps this thing, and it's designed to keep government money from going to debarred contractors, fugitives, felons, or people convicted of tax fraud. Right? That, which makes sense when you are running, you know, a massive operation at the federal government level and you're, uh, you're trying to make sure that people aren't scamming you or people who are ineligible for these funds. Uh, you keep this database for people who have been convicted of crimes like this or they're fugitives. So, so criminals aren't getting money and they have a do not pay list. And guess what they didn't? Guess what they didn't tap into? That's right, the Do Not Pay database. They did not check them. Horowitz said, quote, it's a false narrative that has been set that there are only two choices. One choice is get the money out right away, and the only other choice was to spend weeks or months trying to figure out who was entitled to it. He said that the checks could have been done quickly. The Biden administration has put in place stricter rules to stem pandemic fraud, including use of the Do Not Pay database. Biden also recently proposed a $1.6 billion plan to boost law enforcement efforts to go after pandemic relief fraudsters. And who knows, maybe this is what the IRS could do, all the thousands and thousands of new agents, maybe send them after those people that stole all the money. How about that? The coronavirus pandemic plunged the U.S. economy. Into a short but devastating recession, jobless rates soared into double digits, and Washington sent hundreds of billions of dollars to states to help the suddenly unemployed. For crooks, it was like tossing chum into the sea. Many of these state unemployment agencies used antiquated computer systems or just too few people to stop bogus claims from being paid. We saw that in North Carolina, right? Completely swamped and overwhelmed by the number of people that found themselves unemployed Overnight, scam artists used social security numbers of federal prisoners to steal millions of dollars in benefits. They had a year's worth of claims in a couple of weeks. The federal government told the states, get the money out the door as fast as possible and don't worry so much about security. This is a $400 billion dollars. Oh, this makes me so mad. As happy as a mad commie makes me, this makes me equally as mad as that. Republicans and Democrats did, however, find common ground last year on some bills to give the federal government more time to catch fraudsters, because apparently there's like a 
statute of limitations. So uh, in August, the uh, President Biden signed legislation to increase the statute of limitations from five years to 10 years on crimes involving the two major programs. The extra time will help federal prosecutors untangle pandemic fraud cases, which often involve identity theft and crooks overseas. Congress hasn't passed a measure that'll give prosecutors the additional five years to go after unemployment fraudsters, though. And I don't know if Democrats are going to be interested in doing so. But thought you should know about what happened at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was like, give us the money. Helicopter money, helicopter money. Just push it out. Get it out as fast as possible. 2020 was an election year, after all. Oh, get this. The DOJ prosecutors who uh, refused to charge Hunter Biden. You might want to sit down for this. You ready? They both donated to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I am as shocked as you are. Hey, it's Spencer. Hey, Spencer, welcome to the show. What's going on, sir? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Hope you are. I am. You know, you know what's sick about this whole deal? It would cost more in lawyer fees to recover that money than that money would pay back. That that money would resolve. Right. If you could even, yeah, because like most of them, the, the money's already gone. Yep. Yeah, you're not getting it back. And yeah, to your point, and, and think of it also, that um, they like if I stole a million dollars and I stole it, you know, in 2020, uh, and then by the time I face trial, it's like 2025 or something. I mean, with the rate of the Biden inflation, like a million dollars, that's like an hour's worth of work for that lawyer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, it's frustrating. Spencer, good to hear from you, man. Have a great weekend. You too. All right, man. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's a great point. One of the federal prosecutors who allegedly declined to charge Hunter Biden, remember there was one in California, one in Washington, D.C., they both gave money to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. So the one in D.C., Matthew Graves, um, he refused to charge. He's, uh, yeah, he's up in D.C. He would not allow the charges up there, and uh, he's the one who donated uh, 500 to Biden. And then a thousand, yeah, two different times. So fifteen hundred to Joe Biden, and the one out in California uh, donated five hundred dollars to Kamala Harris when she was running for the Senate uh, back in two thousand fifteen. But I'm sure that had nothing to do with their decision to protect the Biden administration by not charging Hunter. I'm sure not at all connected. Oh, they also refused to bring Tony Bobolinsky into the uh, grand jury. Don't know why that happened. <laughs> 